0: I wonder what would happen if we started to wave at church. (laughs) I might get, yeah, there they go. See? All right. I began a couple of weeks ago with you on this subject of committed more than a fan. So, would you take your Bibles? We're going to go back to the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And as you're going that, let me say hello to the campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples, I'm the lead pastor. Love and Truth Ministries, and I'm glad you're with us. I know that today has already been an exciting time in the house of the Lord, wherever you are, but I believe that now, as we go together corporately into the Word of God, that God has a Word for us, so why don't you get ready to receive as well as we are here today. The book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter, uh, let's begin in verse number 19, if you would, Uh, and uh, whatever you have, the Word of God, either your Bible or you've got it on an iPad or on your phone. Uh, It says, therefore, brothers, that would be sisters too, I don't want to leave you out. Since we have confidence, enter the most holy place. Watch how we do that. By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is His body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, now watch what he says, verse 22. This is where we started the first week. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Now we begin talking that first week that we've got to be committed first of all to Jesus Christ. That in this portion of Scripture here it says, "Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart." That it's it's not just what we say with our mouth. A lot of times uh, we we just say something, but it's not really from our heart. But if I'm really going to come in a relationship with Jesus Christ, what I've got to do is I've got to approach Him with sincerity. And, and as, a, as the Word of God goes on there, it talks about the assurance of our faith, and it, and it talks about all these things, and then it talks about having our bodies washed, and we talked about how that not only do we need to confess Jesus Christ as our Savior, but that we also need to go through the waters of baptism to identify with Him. The Word of God says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That that we need to follow the Lord as Jesus went to John to be baptized, that you and I, also need to be baptized and so that was the first week as we looked at that but let's continue on in the next verse there uh verse 23 says let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful now last week we talked about being committed to growth that it's it's not enough just to know jesus as savior that you've got to come to that place where you know him as what lord right come on you, you you have to come into relationship with him that he becomes the lord of your life and i talked to you last week out of the scripture that says that we are to deny ourselves take up our cross and follow him that in the process of moving into fullness in this commitment to the lord jesus christ i have got to come to that place where i deny myself Now i don't know about you but me i don't like that anybody else honest few of you, the rest of you can pray through after church, right, I don't, I not I that, you know, I have, I have never ever had somebody come to me and say, you need to quit denying yourself, you, you are just way over the edge, you are just, you know, I, I have the other problem, don't look at me that way, all right, says, deny yourself, take up your cross. And we talked about how that, that the cross is what we take up. It's not what somebody puts on us. We take up the cross, and we do that in the sense of walking with God. And, I'm, and I told you, and this even got tweeted and everything else last week. What I said was, is that some places the cross won't go into. You have to leave it outside if you're going to go into some places. Now now, here's what's interesting to me, is that you and I are called to the Lord, and when we get saved, a lot of times God will speak to us, and, and we'll be convicted about certain things in our life, and we'll quit doing certain things, and quit going certain places, on and on and on. And then, after we've lived for Jesus for, you know, five years, ten years, all of a sudden we find ourselves picking back up, uh-oh, that stuff that when we first got saved we didn't do anymore. Now, I want to remind you again, if God convicted you about some things when you got saved, he hadn't changed his mind. Well, I understand grace better now. No, you've got into the place where you're you're walking in license and calling it liberty. There there are some things that God individually requires of us when when we're called in the kingdom of God that he may not require of anybody else. That's part of picking up my cross. My cross is not your cross. My thing that God is calling me to deny myself uh, in may not be yours, but I've got to deny myself, take up my cross, and what? Follow Him. Now, verse 24 is where we're going to be this morning, and and, uh, I'm excited about this because I think there's some some things we need to see. Verse 24 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, we've talked each week about being committed to something. The first week, we talked about being committed to Jesus Christ. Second week, we talked about being committed to growth. Today, we're going to be talking about being committed to one another all right committed to one another now when when you begin to study scripture what you find is is that in the new testament the term one another is used over 50 times all right so that's that's about one per week isn't it love one another pray for one another exhort one another edify i mean it it gives us all these one another's that we are called uh, to live in and, and and the word of god lays it out for us there that that you and i are called to this aspect of one another it's i, I want to just set a picture for you for a moment can, can we do that how many of you remember when you were kids and it was either thanksgiving or christmas you you remember those times Uh, now most of you know i I was born in africa and lived there till i was seven and so you know i just had my family when we came back to the states we came back right at christmas time and uh i had never i had never been part of a family except you know my mom and my dad and my sister and i that was it and all of a sudden we go to this christmas dinner and there are all kind of weird people there i don't know Cousins and aunts and uncles and 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 but there is more food. Come on. I mean there is food enough for a hundred people. I mean there's food everywhere. You know, you know how grandmas are. Grandma's, oh I don't think about enough. Let's you know let's 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 fix another twelve turkeys and you know every year the hound gets bigger i mean you know 200 pound hounds were coming in it's it's ridiculous and 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 so i'm there and i'm i'm trying to kind of wrap my brain around how all this works because i'm not used to this i'm not it's loud come on any of y'all got loud families come on you know they get they hollering at one another and people people think they're mad and they ain't mad they just holler they just my family's that way. We just holler. Sherry's family is totally opposite. She thought for the first two or three years I was mad at her the whole time we were <laughs> married. Uh, 35 years later, she just ignores me. Anyway, um, in, in, in the process of that, when, when you got there, you know, it was, it was fun. You, you, all kind of things happened. It, it was a gathering together. That's what I, I kind of want to picture today in your mind is that the, the family gathering together, when, when we come together on Sunday or we come together on Wednesday, uh, it's, it's that coming together of the family to enjoy one another, to enjoy the food that's been prepared. And, and we're excited. I hope you're excited when you come and that you're just looking forward to what, what God is going to do and what you're going to get and, and you know, all, all the things that are going to happen there. But you know what? You don't live at Christmas Right? Thank God. We'd go broke. Right? We'd be so big they couldn't get us through the door. I mean, it, it there's all kind of problems with this Christmas all the time. You know? So what happens is, is that you leave that huge you know, gathering of the, all the people and you go back and you've got this littler group, this smaller group that you're hanging with. And it's in that smaller group that you find that your life is being impacted. You find that, that things are, are, are being tweaked a little bit at times about you. Anybody ever get tweaked by a family member? Uh, you, you, find, you, know, you just find some different aspects there. But here's, here's what you know. In that environment, if it's healthy at all, in that environment is where the greatest love you will experience ever happens. It's it's in that family. It's in that small, intimate place where you find love. The book of John, the 13th chapter, Jesus said this. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Let Let me help you this morning. You don't have a choice in loving one another. Jesus commands us to but verse 35 is one of the most important verses in all of scripture as far as I'm concerned he said by this everyone will know that you are my disciples how if you love one another he didn't say if you walked around with a 40 pound Schofield chain reference Bible under your arm and everybody were going to know that you're a disciple That you could defend the faith and and you had all the the, the great wisdom or you had a prophetic gift. He he said, no, no, no. How people are going to know that you are my disciples is if you love one another. And as I began to think about that, I thought, you know what? It is in the house of God that we come together and we have those celebration moments and we have those wonderful times of of kind of a large group and it's like Christmas, you know, and it's exciting and and whatever, but it's in those small groups. It's in that 5 and 6 or 10 or 12 that all of a sudden things begin to happen. You know, small group setting, and, and I'm talking today about about one another, being committed to one another. It's, you know, a, a small group setting is not where you have to. Well, you know, our small, we, we're going to. Everybody has to study the Bible, and you've got to know, uh, you know, what the Book of Revelation means and Daniel's Ten toes. And no, no, no. You know what? A small group can be going to Starbucks and getting coffee, and sitting there and talking about what's happening in your world. It, it can be uh, as, as simple as uh, if you're a, a bike rider, you just hopping on your bike and riding around with a few guys. Because in those moments, you begin to share life with each other. And what I found through the years is this, is that in, in the church, especially when you get a church, you know, 150, 200 people, uh, and it grows larger than that, all of a sudden, if we're not careful, we kind of become anonymous. we we can kind of show up we can slip in we can slip out nobody knows you know it, it definitely is not cheers anymore oh don't act so holy you remember cheers where everybody knows your name right okay all right thank you i know you're religious but don't be that religious okay um and and so all of a sudden it's not cheers it's something else we don't know what it is but it's not that And and so we find ourselves missing out. We we come and we have great worship times, we get ministered to, we get prayed for, great things happen, but that day-to-day, that relationship, that love that's being expressed one to the other that the New Testament talks about, it's not happening. Because I want to tell you, looking at the back of somebody's head is not love. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, well, Pastor, what's love got to do with it? I got you, all right? It's got everything to do with it because the Word of God, again, Jesus tells us, as I have loved you, you've got to love each other. And so when we begin to understand that, we begin to live a little differently. Let me kind of give you uh, just a quick definition of a small group. Here's, here's what I, I would, if I could just give it to you quickly. A small group is a voluntary, intentional gathering of people with the goal of edification. All right? Let me say that again. It's a voluntary, intentional gathering of people with the goal of edification, of building each other up. It's, it's not, it's the, the goal is not to come and gripe and complain and talk about everybody. Get enough of that on Facebook. All right? It's, it's about encouraging one another. See, when, when you begin to study the New Testament especially, you find that the New Testament is written to a community of believers to the church at Corinth, to the church at Philippi, to the church, I mean, again and again, it is written to a community of believers. And yet what I find so often in, in the body is that we really don't have community. We really don't have that sense of sharing one another's burdens. We really don't have that understanding That if one person prospers, we all prosper. And if one person hurts, we all hurt. It's kind of like, I came, I got my shot, and I'm out. And yet, Christianity is more than just coming into relationship with Jesus Christ and living just you and Jesus the rest of your life. In fact, let me say this to you. I I believe with all of my heart that there is a necessity of us spending time with each other. Now, let me say this to you. In your life, you're going to find that there are some people in your family that are strange. (laughs) Come on. This is your time. How many of you have somebody in your family that's a little strange? Just a little, not a lot, but the bubble's just a little off. Don't start pointing across the hall. Huh. Now, here's, here's what I want to do this morning. I, I, want, I want to show you what, what our goals are. When, when we talk about small groups, we talk about community and connecting and all of that. We, we have some, some parameters that we look at there. Uh, The the first one, and I've already mentioned it, but the book of Galatians, the 5th chapter and the 13th verse says it this way. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. That goes back to what I talked about in the first part of the sermon today. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. The the first goal or the first reason for for getting together with other believers is, is to what the scripture talks about, fostering biblical love. That, that we genuinely are loving one another. That we really do care about what's happening in somebody else's life. That I'm not so wrapped up in my world that I miss out on what's happening in somebody else's world. How many of you ever once in a while in your life, you just need somebody to encourage you? Amen. I have certain people who, who, when I see them coming, I know they're going to encourage me. I have other people, when I see them coming, I try to go down the other aisle. But anyway, I <laughs> that shouldn't tell that, should I? Um, but but I'm, I, I really do. I have some people that I know, when, they, when they're coming at me, that morning, that, that night, whatever, they send me an email, I know that somewhere in there, they're going to speak an encouraging word. And you know what? It feels good. I'll, I'll just tell you, it feels good to have somebody to love you enough to encourage you. To just let you know, hey, I thought about you. I had, I had a buddy this morning, uh, one of my pastoral friends, uh, just texted me this morning and said, I've been praying for you today. I uh, texted one of our, we're, we're in kind of a covenant relationship. He, he said, to my two covenant brothers, I've had you in prayer this morning. You know what that does? It was a you know 10 word text, but I know I'm loved. I know somebody cares. About what's happening in my life. And you know what? We all go through valleys. We all go through struggles. We all go through those moments that we can't even give out love the way that we need to. But in that moment, the purpose of a group that you're in fellowship with is so that they can love you. The the second reason is found in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter and the 32nd verse. And here's what it says All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had. The second reason for small groups is to promote fellowship and unity. The New Testament church had this aspect of fellowship and unity that was unbelievable. It was so great that they literally, a lot of them, not everybody, but a lot of them sold everything they owned and they brought it and they gave it to the apostles and they said, just share it with everybody as they've got need. Can you imagine what a revival that is? See, I I believe with all my heart that you can have friends that aren't believers, but you can never fellowship with somebody that's not a believer. Does that make sense? Okay, I, I believe that you ought to have people in your life that are friends that don't know Jesus I think everybody needs a few um, not yet there kind of people try to say that good all right I've got some of those kind of people some of you are here today and I'm glad all right not there yet but but we're going we're headed there but those kind of those kind of people are friends but I can't have fellowship with them because spiritually we don't connect if you've ever traveled and maybe gone overseas, to especially if they spoke a different language and went to a service at a, at a church where they were singing songs you couldn't understand and somebody was preaching something you didn't understand, but you left there saying, man, that felt good. That's what fellowship is. You didn't have to understand, but there was, there was something about a kindred spirit that said, I didn't understand their words. I don't know the meaning of their songs, but I know who they were talking about and I know who they were singing about. And because of that, my heart was knit with them. And that's what happens when we gather together with other believers, is that there's this sense of fellowship that takes place. The third thing that happens is in the book of Colossians, the first chapter, the 28th verse, and here's what it says. He is the one we proclaim, speaking of Jesus, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. The third thing is, is to build up the body. How many of you know building up the body takes some effort? Right? I went and toured the gym this week. <laughs> I didn't join. I just went and took a tour. As you can tell, I didn't join. And uh, they were showing me all these machines. And I just looked at those and I thought, that looks painful. <laughs> I need it. I'm going to do it. I'll just go ahead and confess it here so I'll be you know, bound to do it. I'm going to join. But I'm just thinking pain, 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 all right? Sometimes, and and watch this. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And in the body, here's what you've got to understand. When iron sharpens iron, sometimes sparks fly. Book that's out of print that I've got in my library. Here's the title of it. It's called Great Church Fights. See, isn't it interesting that we, we, we can I say this? That we, we get so holy and so righteous that we're afraid to have different opinions. And, and yet, the, the Word of God lets us know that we're to build a body, but sometimes there's going to be some pain. Some, some, some things aren't going to go quite the way we want. It's okay. Somebody told me years ago said, if two people think exactly alike, one of them's unnecessary. Pray about that. <laughs> Let me give you the last one. Romans 12, 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. The, the fourth purpose of, of this small group, getting together, whatever, is to nurture spiritual gifts. Now, you know, once a church reaches a hundred or so people, it's it's hard to, you know, everybody starts exercising their gifts. Man, you got pandemonium. But in a small group setting, whether that's a gift of mercy or a gift of tongues or gift, whatever the gift is, in that small group setting is where that you can see that spiritual gift being nurtured, being, being you know, and, and it's increased and it gets better and we get better with it. And, and, and that's what we have to do in those moments is learn that you and I are called of God to nurture one another. Now, let, let, me, let me do this in the next, I don't know, seven, eight minutes. Let me talk to you about how that we go about living this out, all right? Day in and day out, how do we live it out? Number one, you ready? I hope you got something to write this on because this number one is excellent. Be more interested in what you can give than in what you will get. You know what? We live in a society And it's all about what's in it for me. And yet in the kingdom of God, remember last week, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. I I don't know what happens to us. It's it's interesting to me in in churches how often people say, well, I don't have any friends. But they have friends everywhere else in life. Now, now let me say this to you. Uh, Whether it's Jackson or one of the other campuses, you know, in, in the Jackson campus, we have somewhere over 2,000 people that attend this church. Now, I, I want to say to you today, if you can't find one person to be your friend out of 2,000, we got a problem. You say, well, Pastor, I need... No, no, no. Listen, we, pro- we provide opportunities for small groups, etc., cetera. Et cetera. But what I'm saying to us is, if I would be more interested in what I can give than in what I can get, I'd have friends. I would have relationships. I would have people in my life who are caring and concerned about me. Number two is needful for you to get. Know that people are not perfect. In fact, do this real quick. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not perfect. Come on. Those of you watching, do it. You've been wanting to. You've been wanting to tell them that. You're not perfect. People aren't perfect. I I can promise you, if you get into a a small group setting with people, somebody's going to rub you the wrong way. Somebody's going to do something you don't like. Someone is going to have a catastrophic failure in their life. And if we're only looking for perfect people, we're in trouble. We've got to understand that we're not perfect and no one else is either. And so that when I come in a relationship with you, I'm not expecting you to be perfect because I don't want you to expect me to be perfect. And if I can go with that mindset, then I can begin to see the aspect of loving and that whole aspect of one another, one another, one another taking place in our lives. The third and final aspect is this. Be a person that is committed and faithful. You remember in Scripture where the master calls in servants after being gone for a season calls in three of them and to two of them he says well done thou good and faithful servant the good and faithful servants were the two that what they had been given they had taken and they had worked with it and they had doubled it what God is saying to us I believe with all my heart is is that we have to come to that place where we live life with a sense of commitment to others That it's not, you know, back in the 70s, there was a dumb song, Christian song, that said, me and Jesus got our own thing going. It's, no, 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 read the Bible. It's not you and Jesus. It's you and Jesus and his bride. It's always about the church. It's always about other believers that you are called into fellowship with. And if we can come back and say, you know what, man, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, I'm going to go. It's going to be a party. It's going to be fun. I'm going to learn. I'm going I'm to grow. I'm going to worship. I'm going to eat. I'm going to be fed by the Word of God. All that's going to happen. But the place that I really find my life being transformed and growing into everything that God wants, as wonderful as Christmas is, as great, As all the food is, and all the people, it's in that smaller setting. It's in that place where I come into relationship, one-on-one, and that I walk out this thing called Christianity. I want to tell you, living for Jesus is hard. Wow. I got some stunned looks on that. Well, Pastor, the Bible says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I got you. I'm not talking about his yoke or his burden. I'm talking about living for Jesus is hard. And anybody that tells you otherwise will lie to you about something else. Sometimes you don't want to go to church. Sometimes you don't want to pray. There are moments you don't want to read the Word of God. There are moments you want to cuss somebody out. If you've never had one, you hadn't ridden with me. (laughs) You know, there's, there's there's just this whole aspect that we miss because we try to act like we're living in this bubble. And I want to tell you, we live in a real world with real problems, real struggles, real difficulties. People go through illnesses. People go through pain. People go through divorces. People go through bankruptcies. People go through all kinds of stuff. And I want to tell you, can you do it by yourself? You might, but it's so much better when you got somebody with you. Here's what the Bible says, and I close. Scripture says one can put a 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Scripture says a threefold cord is not quickly broken. In other words, when we interlock our lives with someone else, in that moment, our lives become stronger. And so I challenge you, if you aren't in relationship with other believers in some kind of a covenant group, I challenge you. You don't have to wait for us to start it although we have plenty of them, you can start it. You can make it happen. You don't have to wait for an edict from Mount Sinai. (laughs) Yea, I would say unto thee, thou shalt start a group. (laughs) You can hang out with people you go to church with and begin to encourage one another and build up one another. And in that you will begin to see your life coming into more of a fullness of what God has for you. Amen.